Thanks for joining us. I'm Alan Burke, a landscape architect here in the Puget Sound region, and you are listening to the Green Meridian Podcast. Welcome to our monthly video chat and podcast uh, meeting of Green Meridian. I'm here with Bill Peregrine and uh, Will Will Anstey, who joins us uh, mo- most months uh, to stir up trouble. And uh, today we have put together, I, I hate to say it, somewhat of a, a cobbled together last minute uh podcast related to Super Tuesday, which is coming up, and the election. And I think that a lot of folks are, are talking about the election. We wanted to put it in the context of uh, the green industry and in particular landscape design build companies uh, and discuss uh, in some kind of loose framework all of the things that are uh, on our plate as uh, green industry professionals. So what comes to mind is, of course, climate change uh, and uh, immigration, uh, regulatory reform, uh, and uh, uh, all of the issues that have become more complex around uh, taxation and human resources requirements and all of those types of things all kind of uh, uh, put together in a big bag of cats that uh, uh, we have not really given a lot of uh, time and space to. So wanted to kind of go with that. So with that in mind, um, I, I've always been challenged by the fact that i'm 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 a i'm an independent uh and i feel like i lean more conservative than liberal on many issues uh but i do feel personally that the conservative movement has gone completely off the rails uh to the point where the conservative beliefs that i would have started to begin to follow more stringently i can't because uh it represents something that is um uh nonsensical in many cases and uh uh aggressively uh, uh, obfuscating and kind of uh, putting up impediments toward what could be real progress. But I think there are points to be made. And one of the things that's always bothered me is that I have yet to have a reasonable and articulate conversation with the Trump supporter, if I could put it, you know, black and white. Um, I think there are points to be made. And I think there are actually some quite effective and good things that the Trump administration did. But in the long arc of it, I think it was a train wreck that hit a dumpster fire. And so with all that in mind, um, uh, we're glad to have uh, Will here. Uh, Will is, uh, uh, I, don't, I don't know, how would you how would you characterize yourself, Will? Politically. <laughs> um, Center-right, uh, libertarian-leaning. Mm-hmm. And you have, and how does that manifest itself? Are there are there some aspects of uh, your business uh, structure and your day to day life that that uh, uh, current events frustrate you? Oh yeah, sure. Um, I suppose you know the most kind of just glaring is just the increase in crime uh, in, in in the city, and you know seeing all the all the businesses with the wooden windows. And, uh, you know, 
I've seen the small mom and pops getting shut down the restaurants and um you know all, all, all the hardships on the on the on small local businesses uh uh since kind of the covid uh restrictions were implemented um mm -hmm. yeah that that's that's kind of the most glaring current so I'm wondering on situation that, well, that so bothers me. I'm wondering on that. Well, because yes, Seattle is, uh, seems to have a real problem right now, you know, with the whole thing. Uh, I'm in Tacoma and we have a problem, but we seem to be managing a little bit better than, than you are. But is the issue with what's happening in Seattle, is it really a, uh, it's more a Seattle government issue, isn't it? Then ra rather than immigrants coming across the border on the, you know, South end. I mean, this is kind of where I, where I battle back and forth on, you know, who is it that we're supposed to be supporting? Should we get mad at all the immigrants trying to get in our country, or should we, uh, uh, or should we get mad at our Seattle government, which we changed quite a few of them over, didn't we? The council switched over quite a few people mm -hmm. in this last election, so maybe that'll change a little bit. And the governor, and I'm sorry, the mayor seems to be fairly reasonable um, that we have in Seattle right now. Yes, no more conservative than they than the person prior yeah progress i suppose so mm -hmm. progressive maybe mm -hmm. so where so where um, does the so the crime the crime that you see well, where's the crime you see well I, I it does seem to me to be more than just a seattle you know it's a seems to be um all over you know california it seems to be more um, centered around like drug use and, and and that seems to be in more large cities um east coast and and west coast and and all across the united states and it, it seems to me that um that the the kind of the mindset uh, on on the left is that oh that the, these people are suffering from drug addiction and any and thus any jail time or any uh, rep you know any um jail time or any repercussions from the crimes or whatever that they commit to, you know, support their drug addiction um, are an undue burden on them. And so they should pretty much be allowed to, you know, camp wherever they want, steal whatever they want, do whatever they want um, with impunity. It seems to be, um, from my perspective, the, the left's approach to how to handle that issue, mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. um, I think crime is definitely affecting small businesses in this area. So I think a lot of folks would agree with you, uh, on, and everybody's seen this uh, burgeoning increase in homelessness that has been uh, uh, dramatic uh, and, 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 and is seen it visually by folks every day and uh, ha has definitely increased. Um, everyone, I think, would agree that uh, a large function of that is uh, – the, the post-COVID economy and the uh, results of the pandemic and the rise of housing prices, especially in the urban areas. But I think it's also, at least visually, it's exacerbated by the fact that there is, would you agree then, a more, will, a more permissive atmosphere around it that is um, uh not really uh, uh, helping the issue along, or is that what what you would say? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't see the hands off approach, the no jail time approach, um, resolving 
mm-hmm. the complaints from your your average citizen who's more concerned with health and safety and mm-hmm. uh, your public safety and 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 theft and crime and businesses. Yeah. So there was a big push back in, I'm, I'm of a certain age, there was a big push uh, over the past few decades uh, to uh, uh, underpin the war on drugs. And uh, lots of folks were incarcerated as a function of that. Do you feel like that was a good solution to that particular issue? Because there was a lot of folks being in prison for that. Right. Yeah, I remember that. And, and you know, there's some valid, you know, lessons to be learned there, valid arguments um, about, you know, how, you know, uh, sentences were issued and, you know, powdered cocaine versus crack cocaine and other, you know, mm-hmm. maybe racially mm-hmm. biased or motivated um, discrepancies there. Um, you know, it, I, in my mind, I think, you know, someone who's addicted to drugs needs what what they need is help getting off the drugs. And if, you know, a short stint in a jail is what gets them, you know, through the um, withdrawals. Uh, that's what I've heard from um, people being interviewed is that that is the key and that's what they needed to get to a point where they're clear headed enough to be able to start taking the steps for themselves uh, to get to a, a, a positive path, a drug free path. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I was very disappointed in um, that the city didn't really help uh, the, you know, the, um, the union gospel mission in downtown Seattle. And I mean, they've been, uh, at, at the forefront of this issue for decades and, you know, they've got a tried and true system that works. And, uh, with the amount of money, taxpayer money that is being spent on this issue, uh, I would think simply, you know, supporting, um, uh, you know, uh, an organization like that, could have gotten us mm-hmm. a, lot, a lot better, the taxpayer a lot better bang for their buck. Do you feel like this particular issue of crime has affected uh, you much? And do you see it, Bill, as for, uh, as affecting uh, your business very much? I'd have to say that, you know, this whole conversation, I think, because you brought up a good point, Alan, that that uh, years ago, um, you know, we had a war on drugs. Uh, but I think that I think the issue today is the drugs have changed. Um, you know, meth is the drugs nowadays make people in the wrong mind. I mean, before, okay, marijuana, cocaine, heroin, uh, you know, heroin's bad, you know, but people weren't doing the things they're doing that they're doing today. And now this meth problem and then the, and then all the uh, opioids that are, you know, for pain killing and everything else make people in the wrong mind. They're just in the wrong mind. So I think that uh, uh, I'm I'm in favor with what Will's saying is that you know we need programs to help people you know get off drugs and to start to moderate that and I and I've heard some good programs where you put them in jail and you say listen you're in jail or you can go to rehab it's your choice if you walk out of rehab you're coming back to jail <laughs> you mm-hmm. know um, so uh, you know I to me I think that'd be a big boon for you know for for the for the conservative side of for-profit uh, rehab centers <laughs> that want to take a bunch of people in um, uh, into the system. So yes, you know, being being somebody that purchased a farm uh, out in Yelm, which is in the in the rural area outside of Olympia, south of Tacoma, outside of Olympia, um, it is it's prevalent all the time. I don't personally see it, but everybody I deal with down there sees it every single day. And they have, you know, we have some lady coming out on the farm. We're out in the middle of nowhere. Some lady somehow gets on the farm and starts making a fire and eating her food. 
you know, in the front part of the farm. It's like, what is that all about? You know, we have a gate and everything else. She has to get through it all. So, um, you know, a couple that with mental illness and then, and then, uh, and the whole thing, it's, it's, a uh, uh, the drug issue is probably the biggest thing that we face. Uh, and um, one thing that has been brought up is that when you have a, a government that says we are compassionate towards drug users, uh, guess what? People that get kicked out of everywhere else in the country end up coming to the place in the country that says, oh, yeah, we're compassionate for drug users. So that's a that's a huge issue for Seattle to have to have to deal with. So, um yeah, I'm compassionate for the people, but drugs really screw up people's brains. And yeah, we've had uh, we, to draw the line. We've had uh, past employees, you know, that that uh, very occasionally have, have had problems in in, in in a serious way, uh, and and had to deal with it, uh, including alcohol, which you know, of course, is usually uh, shunted aside as a separate thing, but causes more deaths than almost anything else. Um, I think an interesting note around the crime issue is that the perception of crime versus the actuality of crime is quite different. Um, the FBI has reported that for 2023 that the uh, violent crime rates have decreased by almost 8%, just over 8%, homicides dropping by 10%, and uh, murder and violent and property crimes, actually, the rates have, have uh, gone down quite a bit. At the same time, you see more homelessness and you see more... Uh, uh, concerning uh, 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 situations than you have in the past. And our uh, urban centers are gutted. I mean, because of the flight from the urban center, uh, the hybrid work environment, uh, the change in retail, uh, purchasing, um, and the fact that uh, the brick and mortar stores are are generally going by the wayside across the board. Um, uh, all of that has contributed to the uh, Ideas around around it, uh, it's it's pretty perplexing. Um, I, I I don't I don't know. Uh, I I think that both things can simultaneously be true. That uh, too permissive of an environment, uh, we're reading about that in in, in uh, Portland now, uh, is causing uh, huge issues. Uh, that and 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 in uh, European cities like Amsterdam, and at the same time, uh, the. Uh, hard line uh, criminal justice uh, issues around it are, are also a problem. One of the things I would give Trump credit for that very few people do is uh, uh, through, of all people, uh, 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 Jared Kushner, uh, they passed a, a fairly comprehensive prison reform bill that uh, pulled a lot of people out of prison that were in there for, for uh uh, what many would agree are uh, third strike uh, laws that were in enforced uh, as intended uh, and had uh, all kinds of long-term ramifications. And also folks that were in there for drug offenses that were nonviolent, that were really just uh, 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 in a complete no-win situation. And, you know, you don't hear that talked about much, but that was actually a positive thing that I don't know that any uh, liberal administration would have undertaken. And so that was a, a powerful thing. I think there are some good things that happened that, um, that we don't, as uh, folks that are more liberal, uh, would not uh, ever give credit for that actually are true. Um, with regard to immigration, uh, which is also uh, considered a parallel to crime from the right wing more so than the left side, um, 
uh, how do you, how do you folks uh, feel about that? We do, I think everyone would agree that there is a, an immigration crisis, but at the same time, there is a uh, consistent and uh, kind of sublimated under the radar need for uh, immigrant labor. And uh, in our industry, it's, I think, more so than almost any other construction and in, in the, the landscape and green industries uh, are disproportionately filled with folks that that are coming from that end of the spectrum. And so um, how do we how, how does somebody who who uh, is more conservative uh, balance that that need and that 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 requirement with with what we're hearing in the news uh, about the dangers of immigration? Do, do you have a sense of that, Will? Um, I mean, yeah, my, my, I mean, my take on it is, um, you know, to quote whatever rap artist that was, don't hate the play, I hate the game. Uh, um, I mean, I, I remember back even, gosh, it's probably eight years ago, I had a, a, an applicant, an applicant who wanted to work for me and I was reviewing his, uh, work history and he had worked for a company down in Tacoma. And so I called up, called to check on a reference, and uh, and uh, the owner down there uh, was like, "Oh yeah, no, I'd love to have Jose back, but you know he's uh, he can't pass the uh, e-verify." And I remember looking into that, and that's weird. Like we don't have to do that here in King County. King County was not required to do an e-verify, but Pierce County was required to do an e-verify, um, and that's just kind of an example of the. Um, inequalities that can be created even by well-intentioned uh, government um, requirements and involvement. Um, well, do you think, do you feel like E-Verify should be required or not? Is it, a, is it a too strong a government in, in, intrusion? Uh, I don't think so, but I think it, it, it should be, it, whatever it is should be applied evenly kind of across yeah. the spectrum, right? Everybody yeah. should be playing by the same rules, right? Why do you think um, it's not? Why do you think? Because it, it strikes me as really hypocritical. Uh, E-Verify solves the problem. It's right. absolutely pretty much flawless. You, you as an employer, you're required to run your uh, new applicant's uh, social security number into a government database, and it spits back uh, that it matches the person that's being described, or it doesn't. And if it doesn't match, you're given then the employer is given a note saying, you know, they might have transposed their numbers incorrectly. Can they resubmit their numbers? Um, and the person has the opportunity to make the to to correct their their application. Um, seems pretty seamless to me why, why do you why do you think that it's not uh just simply used nationally um well i think i think that kind of gets to the heart of the whole immigration status um and you know and 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 from my personal um perspective the underpinnings of most government regulation is to uh benefit corporations that can then take advantage of uh, workers that don't have the same rights as other folks do. So, if that's the case, um, why why would you why would a conservative person grouse about it? I mean, why 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 paint immigrants as uh, evil or or, or ill intentioned when in fact you need them to mow the yard at Mar-a-Lago? I mean, I, I, I don't get I, I don't get. That. I think I think most of it is just you know uh, all that's just. I, I would chalk most of that up to the um, 
political theater and the politicking of uh, you know creating the divide between the two parties and and uh, you know pitting pitting these people these Americans over here against these Americans over here. Mm-hmm. It's hard to see it with any clarity because I think you know when we talk about the uh, DACA situation where where uh, uh, folks uh, born here from undocumented uh, uh, aliens families are uh, potentially given an opportunity to become uh, have legal standing that's very controversial because these folks in many cases have never been to central america and you know would, would be would be deported from san diego for for that purpose and so um that that in itself is just hugely problematic it could never be implemented uh, and at the same time, to give uh, those folks legal status is also problematic. Uh, I can understand that. It seems to me that we should just see the issue clearly. And that is that we need these folks to help us to do all kinds of work, and we depend on them. And so we can't paint them as murderers and rapists. Certainly, there are criminals that happened recently in Georgia, uh, but there are criminals everywhere. I think statistics show that that uh, undocumented folks uh, commit crimes at a much lower level than folks that are here legally and came over on the Mayflower. So um, with that noted, uh, I don't get how anything is ever solved because it seems hypocritical when you could simply, with the stroke of a pen, solve the problem and require that every company in America use E-Verify. Or if you don't, uh, what are you saying? What, then you're recognizing that the problem is much more complex than that, and we need other types of solutions. Now there are uh, untold uh, greater thousands of people uh, bridging the Darien Gap and coming up uh, through Mexico to uh, live in America. And I think that the conservative viewpoint uh, that when these folks get here and they have their asylum hearing and they're released into the public – uh, as a function of that to report for their hearing and they don't come back, um, everyone understands that aspect of human nature. I don't really understand why that is the way that it's done. But, um, you know, bo both sides have, I think, a, a good point to make here. They're both making it badly. So uh, I don't know. Have you, have you given some thought, Bill, about what uh, it would take to bring that issue into alignment with what's really happening? Yeah, I think it's called term limits. Because <laughs> everything I hear about is, I mean, why why is our politicians trying to separate us? You know, why why is the divide you know getting bigger and bigger? Well, first of all, one group of people have a different way of looking at you know looking at what they want. I mean, the CPAC, the head of this, just stood up and he just said, you know, we want a Christian and authoritative, uh, uh, a theologian and and authoritative government. You know, that's why they're all for DT, you know, for Trump is because uh, he's authoritative and they want to have a Christian uh, uh, country. But this is all, you know, if we had term limits on things and people, you know, looked at public service as a, a short period of time, that would solve a lot of issues. So um, mm. that's, my, that's my initial thought. I listen to these conversations, though, and I wonder... What is because you're you're very rational when you're thinking there, Alan. Um, why not just do e-verify everywhere? You know, um, but then there's a political structure that says we have the way that we get elected is by, you know, causing this divide and showing people that you know our way is the better way 
than mm-hmm. than compromise. And you know, we don't compromise anymore. I think. Well, that, I mean, uh, don't you think it's more complex than that? I mean, I, I hear that. I think there's an element of truth in that. I don't think that's why E-Verify isn't implemented. I think E-Verify, I think E-Verify is not implemented because of the fact that we would have no immigrant labor if it was. And so, no. you know, and so. Well, you know, but that, no, no, because you got H2B. I mean, you have other programs you could employ, employ, right? You have the H2B program that we don't use very much anymore. There are things that the government could do to help bring immigrants in to work, you know, temporarily True. and to send them back home. You know, there's yeah. there's ways to get True. around it. Yeah, you know? yeah, but you, but I think you, but I think you're right. I mean, uh, you know, but why why King County doesn't have it, but Pierce County does? That seems kind of backwards. I mean, well, any just, any we're much uh, more conservative uh, down here. Any any business or uh, uh, you know state or region that is implementing it, forced to implement it, is gonna you know uh, get. It's just gonna go in the can. I mean, their their businesses are just gonna go down. They're gonna have no construction at all. Yeah. You know, and uh, and they're going to have no uh, green industry at all. The restaurants are going to close and uh, no hotels are going to be cleaned. And, uh, you know, a lot of that aspect of the labor force is just going to be gone. And uh, knowing that's the case, uh, no municipality would want to take that on because, frankly, it works. And so if you know that the solution will work but you don't implement it, then what is the nature of the problem? And that, I think, is what needs to be restated, because the problem is not the way that it's stated. It's different. And that is that we actually rely on these folks. And and frankly, they deserve a great deal more respect than they're getting. And so that part of it, I think, needs to be seen clearly. And it's not. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if it's for divisive purposes as much as it is just uh, a, a, a certain mental laziness around the fact that it's a much more complex issue than we than we give any credence to. You know, one in three workers in the landscape industry, uh, uh, and in h- higher up to sixty three percent in California, are uh, are immigrants. You know, and um, and that's just folks that are reporting themselves, which is you know probably disproportionately low. So. This is, I think, a key problem in the green industry to resolve, and I think it's a problem that um, that neither side wants to look at. Yeah, you it's know? an interesting dynamic you bring that up because uh, you know I think this whole you know um, all immigrants are criminals and you know they're rapists and everything else. Um, it's I work with a, a number of uh, Hispanic-owned uh, landscape companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I go out, cause they'll call me in and say, Hey, this guy needs a design or something. I'll go out and meet one of their customers. It's interesting to just watch a customer's response to somebody that is Hispanic, an owner of a company that's running, that does more in revenue than I do during the year, you know, owns more equipment, has more things going on than I have and how the conversation between the two, you can just see that that homeowner thinks of this person differently than I think of me because, you know, I'm the, the white, you know, the white guy coming in, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, so how does, so your point's well taken now, how in the heck does it possibly serve us that we are, don't have good immigration policies? Um, you know, certainly nobody it does. Wants- it doesn't, it certainly doesn't. I mean, they could raise the cap on H2B having, having run H2B uh, years ago. Uh, it, it, it is doable. 
but it's a it's a bureaucracy to be waded through and there's a cap you know at one point uh i had uh an allowance for i think uh 24 h2b laborers years ago and uh when i resubmitted uh uh my uh statement before the the folks were allowed to come over i told them i something like i needed 20 and uh uh and although i still needed those people they denied my entire application because I didn't need the original amount that I wanted before, which wow. didn't make any sense at all, you know? And so, uh, yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> sounds like government. Yeah. So that, that, that's just kind of badly run. So I think it's kind of like, uh, you know, square peg in a round hole to have H2B be the, be the solution for, uh, the green industry. Although it's a worthy program that people should look into. I mean, the labor shortage is dramatic. And um, the way I characterize it is you just cannot find uh, a person, a uh, young man, young woman who, who are older, perhaps, that uh, is willing to work out in the rain and push rocks up a hill. And, um, you know, why would they do that? Uh, and so uh, that, that's a huge issue. I don't, I don't see it uh, correcting uh, with more and more uh, young folks uh, being inside and need, needing Wi-Fi to subsist. I mean, I don't really see how that's going to improve. So, you know, this, this is, this is an ongoing problem. Uh, maybe it's a good problem in a way because, you know, not being able to find people uh, makes your work, if you're able to accomplish it uh, more special and uh, people will hire you because you, 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 you've solved the problem and you're, you're getting stuff done that they're not willing to do. Um, that That's great. Uh, but, but it's a, it's a huge issue. Uh, labor oh, and it does, there, it is, there's, you know, a lot of different factors, you know, I mean, <clears throat> There, it's my perception that there's plenty of high school, college age, you know, <clears throat> American people who could do the work that landscape contractors need help with, but they're choosing not to mm -hmm. um, for a number of reasons. One, mm -hmm. they have, you know, they you know, it's hard work, right? So they can mm -hmm. have other options, right? They can just, uh, they can get government assistance and not have to do anything whereas you know illegal or whatever undocumented workers they they, they can't get some of the same assistance right so they don't have some of the same options and that's how i view like you know that's why i think the root cause of this is being allowed i think you know larger corporations tyson chicken you know uh for an example i think they're the ones that are benefiting greatly off of the uh, the labor of undocumented persons um and this immigration um but um you know i also think you know that you know a lot of the people that we would like to have working with us are you know have been hearing that you know blue collar jobs are less desirable for the last you know decade or more you know and that if they want to make anything of themselves that they're gonna you know get a college education and take on a bunch of student debt and that that's the only way to make anything of themselves. And I think that has been um, a detriment to, you know, society and our young people um, as, you know, kind of. Well, there is an element of truth to it. I mean, it's not necessarily a high paying job. I saw a meme recently that said uh, something to the effect of uh, 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 undocumented immigrant took my fruit picking job away from me, said no one ever you know, right. which is, you know, the, the fact of it, because these are jobs that, that are very difficult to fill. And yet they're absolutely essential uh, if you yeah. want to eat food, you know, so 
you know, th th that recognition, I think we should start with the basis of that recognition as opposed mm -hmm. to the vilification of these folks uh, that are just trying to, you know, do the best thing they can for their family, you know. Again, I think the vilification is a, a strictly a politi political strategy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I think I think a lot of people, you know, uh, you know, people face to face treat each other a lot differently, right? And right. Uh, you know, right. I I don't think a lot of the people that you know that live in the center of the country really think the way about some immigrants that uh, mm -hmm. you know political leaders would have the rest of mm -hmm. America think that they think mm -hmm. about them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they're they're good they're good you know they're very they're very um you know religious and christian people you know a lot of them too you know with with good family values and a lot of similarities to some of the you know trump type supporters that uh mm -hmm. um you know i think they have a lot more in common than you would ever hear any either mm -hmm. side of the tv say mm -hmm. so shifting gears then now that we've solved immigration um uh what would you what would you say about uh uh that aspect of the argument around woke culture do you, you feel like uh, i would assume you would feel like will it's it's kind of an overreach and that um uh there are things happening in uh, popular culture and in uh, hr and hiring that you would not necessarily support ar around that type of thing uh could you brief? I'm having a hard time understanding well, that question. Like woke, woke culture and like, you know, and I think uh, there's a lot of uh, aspects to this without going off the rails about it. Um, uh, I think one uh, very uh, uh, marked uh, uh, issue is the the trans uh, swimmer. I think in in Florida was mm. it. Uh, that uh, joined a team and uh, broke all records and uh, a uh, backlash from parents on this uh, women's team uh, to say that it was not fair. And um, uh, that's a situation I can definitely see both sides of, you know, and yet there's no real clear solution to it. Um that's pretty vexing. Those same people you describe from the Midwest that have Christian values, so to speak, uh, mm -hmm. would perhaps not be uh, thrilled to see uh, uh, a trans checkout person at the grocery store uh, and uh, uh, that type of thing, you know, maybe would be hesitant to have their, uh, you know, uh, son dating uh, uh, a Muslim girl or uh that type of thing i i don't i don't know i mean that that i think there's a there's a big difference between having a trans person at the checkout store and a trans person you know competing against your high school daughter on a in a swim competition in sports right mm -hmm. i think mm -hmm. i think those things shouldn't be too conflated um, but do you feel like as a green industry professional that you have seen uh an overreach or uh a uh uh, uh, over legislated requirements around the need to be, let's call it politically correct, or do you feel like it's a it's a fair and level playing field that has long been overdue? 
Uh, I mean, as far as trans in the green industry? Just just the, the cu cultural changes we've seen over the last uh, 10 cultural years. I mean, I, I don't see those affecting my business too much. Mm -hmm. You know, I guess mm -hmm. my, you know, from a green industry and business, small business perspective, you know, mm -hmm. maybe there's some more concerns about having the right kind of uh, insurance for uh, discrimination lawsuits or, you know, having to, you know, more onerous, you know, DIE or... Mm -hmm. you know, inclusivity training for everybody mm -hmm. and, and mm -hmm. um, you know, all that stuff is expensive and, and cost time and, and money. And um, it makes it harder for companies to mm -hmm. have enough money to pay competitive wages when they have to um, spend time and money and resources uh, mm -hmm. on all those other things. But it doesn't seem other than that. I, I mean, it doesn't really seem like it's affecting us too much. We don't, we don't, spend too much time worrying mm -hmm. about it. it hasn't been much of an issue for me so as a as a green industry person i know bill you you have strong opinions about this do you do, do you bill feel like um uh uh well i know uh i i think we would all agree at this point that the 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 the, the discussion years ago about climate change not being real was just uh literally a smokescreen uh that 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 cost us precious time and now we recognize that it is actually a very real and uh, uh, forefront issue uh, for you know survival. Um, but a a as a function of that, do you feel like as a conservative person or as a liberal person, Bill, um, that um, the steps that we're taking are uh, sufficient or should be more stringent or should be ramped back uh, regulations for companies and um, uh, that type of thing to 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 uh, remediate to the extent we can anyway uh, the effects of climate change well i'm glad you bring it up because actually you know i'm kind of on, on that side of things but it's all it's a crazy conversation to me that we even having this conversation because all you have to do is just look at what the you know the the perfectly balanced system and the fact that we put more carbon in the atmosphere creates a thicker gla glass up there and it holds more heat in it and we take down all the trees that are trying to suck back the carbon into it. It's just an imbalancing carbon and and for everybody to try to come up with all these reasons or what we should be doing or all these sell sell credits for all this stuff is insane. Plant more trees and burn less carbon. How do you do that? That's what our politicians should be focused on. Plant more trees burn less carbon. Now, um, uh, so now you come down to the industries. Well, should it be deregulated? Should it be able to do what they want to do? No, everybody should should look at the fact that we're going to toast ourselves if we don't plant more trees and burn less carbon. <laughs> so, but let's say you're, you you have a company, you're, you're running a like a, a two, 300 person uh, commercial landscape company. Your entire yeah. fleet is gas. Your entire uh, tool and equipment inventory is uh, is running on uh, fossil fuel. Um, uh, are you expecting that the government's going to come in and say, no, you got to shift that to electric, or we're going to shut you down, or what? What, what is a real expected change? Because those are those are real, real uh, po uh, positive changes that could be made, but they they're mm -hmm. made at the uh, the expense of someone's actual business and personnel. I mean, what what is the answer there? 
Well, I think I think it's up to uh, to the company to look at their carbon footprint, and I think they have to they have to uh, be reasonable about you know how they actually go about uh, um, managing their um, footprint. And so, well, I mean, uh, okay, if you ask if you ask any green industry, should, should, the question really is is should we vote for the politician that wants to put us all on electric cars? You know, I don't know if that's a solution either. You know, but uh, but I think it's I think it's good practice that we have electric cars competing, and we have hydrogen cars coming out, and. You know, we have new technologies and we're putting up solar cells and we're putting up wind turbines and we can mm -hmm. talk about all the downsides to all that, you know, technology. But the bottom line is we can't keep keep grabbing carbon out of the ground and, and burning into the atmosphere. So as an example in our industry, Alan, um, we as an industry, we mow over 40 million acres of lawn every single week. There is no reason we have to fire up our lawnmowers every week. If our lawnmowers have zero pollution controls on them, if we fired up our lawnmowers every other week instead of every week, we'd be a huge service to the, you know, to it. And on top of that, right now, all the chemicals that we put down on our on our soils on, on those 40 million acres actually releases more carbon from the soil than it captures. In my system, where I do it organically, every property we're working on is actually a carbon is, is a it's adding carbon to the soil rather than releasing it so we're actually helping with the system our industry could indeed be the earth stewards that we're looking for if we just reevaluated what we're doing do we still have to drive 200 and 300 people around in gas-powered vehicles that's the system today should we look at electric and should we look at hydrogen or should we look at other ways to get around absolutely should we also look at our routing and maybe going out every other week instead of every week um, yeah, I think there's a lot of things we can be doing that we're not doing right now. All right. So let's say, for I example, I don't, I don't want to leave say, it up to politicians. I mean, to leave that up to politicians is crazy. Well, let's know? say, for example, you go out this afternoon, you buy a Powerball ticket and suddenly you've got $3 billion and you nice. decide to, you decide to run for an independent and you actually win on the ticket. Now you're fully in charge. It's uh, it's the Peregrine administration and you have it fully within the power the 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 senate and the house is 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 all uh, green green independents that have been suddenly been 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 elected i mean what are you what are you actually going to do i mean are you going to uh put put taxes in place for those companies to burden them are you going to you know force them through legislation to change to something else i mean it, i think any green industry business owner is going to say i'm doing what i can and uh, I have a lesser footprint than I would have had. Well, they're not doing ago. what they can. So the so the, okay. So they're not doing what they can. So does that mean we have to regulate them? Does that mean we need to stop putting so much synthetic nitrogen on the soil? Um, you know, it's just crazy. You know what we're what we're actually doing. We're we're not doing it in concert with the way nature works is the problem. So we think we're doing great because we green up somebody's lawn and we keep the weeds at, you know at bay in their beds. But we're but we're um, we're toasting the environment because but on the other hand, this is what drives me nuts. And that's also why I have such a huge passion for my peers is because we have a solution. We can make a difference. We can be the earth. Here's a question of all the for profit businesses out there. Yeah, there's a lot of nonprofits trying to do good for the environment, but all the for profit businesses out there. What for profit business is actually adding solution for the for the climate change that we're doing that then then the green industry because when we plant the tree in the ground is when we create the revenue for our business so you can make an argument okay agriculture and forestry depend on it a lot but it's when they harvest the crop not when they plant it that they add to the gmp right our industry actually adds to the gmp when we actually plant the tree uh so if we're the only for-profit business to do it 
and the earth is screaming for somebody to step forward and help it. I mean, who's going to step forward and help it if it's not us? You know, um, but so you then, so then it comes back to this is the whole conversation today. Then it comes back to politics and it comes back to having politicians, you know, force our change, force our hand and make us change. Um, and I think that we all agree we'd like to be the change agents ourselves rather than, uh, you know, having a politician do it, but we don't seem to have the capacity to figure it out on our own. So, and look you're, at, you look at NALP, you know, National Association of Landscape Professionals, great people, awesome organization, wonderful owners there. Uh, it'd be great to go hang out with them and have conversations and, you know, beer. Um, but, you know, they're just misdirected in, in uh, how to manage the earth, in my opinion. Yeah, why is, why Thanks, is Alan. that? I mean, but why, why is that? I mean, you know, they, they, they have their own agency. I mean, they, they can make decisions on their own. Uh, what, what's the problem? Well, why, why, why don't they just look at the handwriting on the wall and, and uh, the problem is uh, because the chemical and synthetic, the chemical and synthetic uh, uh, companies out there own own us. Uh, they, if you look at the industry, we, the chemical um, and pesticide industry does not apply their own products. They require another industry to apply their products for them. So they give us all the salespeople, all the marketing, all the support to have us go out and apply their products. If they're so hip on their products, why don't they just go out and apply themselves? Why are they trying to set, make us do it? You know? So we, well, the we are trapped. From the, from the government. Well, so we're trapped. We're trapped in, in this middle, middle world where we think we're doing good because the research shows that we're doing good. I just, um, just this morning, you know, I got a thing from Senke. You know, Senke is now expanding across, you know, four or five or seven states with their, you know, uh, lawn applications. And they make a they make a notation in there to sound, you know, green that they are um, uh, all the products that they're using are all approved by the EPA. And so they're all, you know, they're all good for you and your landscape and everything else. It's greenwashing, you know, yeah. um, it's. You know, okay, so they're approved by the EPA, but the EPA has been overrun over the last years by, you know, uh, special interest groups that all well, restaff the EPA with, you know, government or with uh, private business people, you know. That's so, a tough one because that's your that's your regulatory agency. I don't I wouldn't mm -hmm. I wouldn't blame Sensky for using that as a you know as their as a you know. Well, no, uh, all he had to do is replace that. All he had to do is replace the EPA with Omri listed, and he would have been good to go. But he can't say it. Mm -hmm. You know, so he wants he wants to make people feel good about the chemicals and pesticides he's putting down, and they got a regular spray program. They'll come through four times a year and spray all your trees for icky bugs. You know, um, whether they need it or not. You know, um, so do you feel like you're in agreement with that uh, generally, Will? The, what what he's saying, or do you feel like it's an overreach and you you could see all kinds of pending restrictions put on your company that you wouldn't like? Um. <clears throat> You know, I, 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 it seems like it's more just political posturing to me. I mean, even right now, you know, the city of Seattle is saying that they're going to outlaw gas leaf blowers by mm -hmm. what, mm -hmm. 2026 or, you know, in a couple of years or something. Um, you know, I think, I think the market, the free market, libertarian, um, will come around. Um, you know, I mean, we're, we're, we've implemented mostly battery operated equipment uh, all our maintenance crews for 350 maintenance accounts are primarily um gas blowers line trimmers and hedgers 
Um, and our main, you know, yeah, we do that for the uh, environmental um, benefits, but, you know, primarily you gas. from my own perspective. You say well, gas just, powered. Did you mean electric? Oh, we use battery. Yeah. Oh, you say gas. Battery. Oh, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we use mostly battery powered uh, equipment, um, ma mainly just to so that our clients don't, aren't, you know, don't have to listen to the two stroke equipment outside their windows when they're doing whatever they're doing, living their lives. Um, do you feel like the use... will? I, I get that. that. So you're saying that it, 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 market forces will drive it in the right direction as they are with your company. Um, mm -hmm. You want you want to do the right thing. You upgrade your equipment, and in the end, there may be actually some savings uh, uh, to be made uh, as well as a, as an added benefit. But to 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 Bill's point, um, do you feel like uh, the negative effects of uh, climate change are moving faster than we anticipated, and that we need to move faster? And that as a function of that, government needs to step in and uh, nudge that along further? Because don't you think no. that human nature is just to kind of slog along and while it gets worse and suddenly we're four degrees hotter? Yeah, I I, uh, I think that's also being um, politicized for, you know, political means and, and you know, financial gains. Um, you know, somewhere between what we're doing now and everyone, uh, you know, doing their own um, sustenance farming in their backyard is uh, where we should probably be, right? Mm -hmm. But, you know, mm -hmm. I, I have a hard time seeing the government stepping up and enforcing any any of those regulations when we can't mm -hmm. even uh, lock up, you know, people that commit armed carjackings. So, you know, what are they going to, what's, what, how are they going to enforce any of this stuff? And it just seems to be, it's all about raising tax revenue so that they, you know, the politicians can spend that money on what you know whatever they want to and mm -hmm. uh, uh I, i'm just not convinced that uh that any of the quote-unquote left-leaning climate agenda is uh you know mm -hmm. really feasible um the, mm -hmm. that said you know i do think there should be some you know i would be in favor of um you know i don't like the picking and choosing i mean well, we're going to fund this you know, Solyndra, right? This, you know, this startup that's going to make yeah. a bunch of solar panels. Oh, whoops, they went out of business, filed for bankruptcy. You know, taxpayers lost a bunch of money. I would be more in favor of, you know, reducing, um, you know, tax incentives for big oil companies across the board. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, unfortunately, lobbyists and like Bill was mentioning, you know, the corporate interests seem to have more of a say in what our government regulatory agencies uh, do and uh, as opposed to the the benefit of the the people at large. So what's, so, your, what's your take? What's your take on uh, an industry self policing itself? It seems that we can't even as an industry self police ourselves. It seems that we're just we just wait around for someone else to police us and give us the thing. What's your take on that? It's kind of. I mean, I think everybody makes everyone makes their own. Uh, you know, everyone has to make their own choices. You know, I mean, I've got uh, people. You know friends and family and coworkers that consider themselves very, you know, liberal and very green, but they're not going to carpool with anyone because they need their vehicle and they want to be able to go when and when and where they want and, you know, do whatever they want. And, you know, they'll order, you know, they've got, you know, 15 deliveries a week coming from Amazon, <laughs> right, you know, stuff right. that they don't need that was made in China, you know, just to, you know, have the latest fashion or stuff for their kid or whatever. Right. Um, you know, myself, I don't know. I just bought a brand new two-stroke motorcycle to go ride in the woods 
Um, but you know what? I don't buy, you know, I'm, I still drive a 2006 truck and, um, you know, I prefer to repair and, and um, take care of uh, the, my material possessions and, and, and not subscribe to the materialistic, you know, buy it, throw it away and buy a new one uh, American mentality. Uh, and I think that that um, consumerism is more of the underpinning goal of the, the, the reason the government promotes whatever it's promoting and the, the green, you know, the environmental policy uh, is, I think, uh, right in line with that. You know, that's, well, a, we, that's a good, that's a really good segue. Let's take a quick break and uh, we'll be back with uh, Will Anstey and Bill Peregrine talking about, of all things, politics. Okay, we're back. Welcome to the uh, Green Meridian monthly meeting and uh, our uh, Cadge Together podcast. Um, I thought what you were saying, Will, is a really good segue into a discussion about the economy, because one of the fundamental beliefs, I think, between left and right is that uh, the, uh, the, the conservative viewpoint would be better for the economy. And uh, because of the, uh, the lifting of uh, uh, regulatory restrictions across the board, um, uh, and that type of thing. But the fact is, the economic numbers are actually quite good. And we're not really hearing that. Um, do you have a sense of that? I mean, you, you, you were telling me earlier, if I can paraphrase that, if it comes down to it, you're, you're probably going to vote for Trump. And so as a function of that, is some of that a, a worry about the economy, Will? Um, the economy, society, um, all of it. I get it, it, it's it's my underpinning. Um, well, get, getting right back to you know what I recently said. I mean, most of my political leanings are based on a belief that our government and the regulatory agencies um, are serving the interest of their corporate donors and lobbyists uh, over the you know the the needs and desires of average citizens and the people. Mm -hmm. um, so you think that 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 uh, 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 Republican win uh, during the next election cycle would uh, potentially lift a lot of those restrictions and thereby uh, not necessarily as an improvement on the economy for you, but but as a uh, as an increase in freedoms for you, that that would be. Yeah, I, I just, uh, you know. I don't see more government oversight and management mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. businesses and, and daily lives of people in, in general mm -hmm. being a, a net benefit for people. There does need to be certain regulate, you know, you can't just uh, have everyone just going around cutting down right. every tree and, and right. you know, selling the lumber. Right. They're, right. But uh, do you, do do you feel like the be... conservative viewpoint during the recent discussions has kind of uh, minimized the fact that the economy is actually doing much better? Uh, maybe they can't they can't recognize that because it would be you know counter to uh, uh, trying to to win the election. I don't know. I I, and I kind of I think there's you know there's lies, there's damn mm -hmm. lies, and then there's mm -hmm. statistics. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I don't I you know the economy number, what the CPI inflation. I think you ask any. I, I think if you ask the average person if their life is if it feels more relaxed or more financially stressed, I think that they would say it's more financially stressed. Um, you mm -hmm. know, I think, you know, I, I, I think the, the, the poor people and the, and the working class is the one that suffers most from, you know, turmoil and, and mm -hmm. the, the, all do the you, negative uh, effects of everything. 
One of the things that I really can't get in my mind is uh, the crazy, the crazy thing, right? I get the I get the discussion about Biden's age. Uh, he's an old guy, you know, and he, he's you know after after uh, Obama especially, he's not a good speaker. You know, you you can't ride on Clinton and Obama's coattails and uh, come up, you know, articulate. That'd be hard to do in the first place. But uh, the guy's not a good speaker. He's got a huge amount of experience, no question about that. And apart from his uh, his uh, legislative decisions, uh, he's somewhat doddering. No, no question about it. Uh, he, he's an old guy. Um, Trump, conversely, is also an old guy by just a few years. And um, uh, just stating facts here uh, is a unvarnished liar. I mean, to an extreme uh, 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 over the course of many years, um, and and has said and done some absolutely batshit crazy stuff. H- how do you, as a voter, um, put a guy like that in the White House and 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 to walk things out to the very ledge that everybody's worried about? Do you feel like there is a threat to democracy as a function of him being elected? And if so, is that necessary? Because I, I suspect you probably have a different version of January 6th going in your mind than maybe I do. Um, how, how, do you brook, how do you brook that? I mean, the guy putting the guy in charge with the kind of stuff he's said, um, is that a concern? Um, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of Trump's personality. Um, I have an appreciation that he speaks his mind. Uh, and I believe he does, you know, usually say what he feels, right? I think mm-hmm. he, whether or not you like what he say, I think I think you can believe him when he says it, right? Um, well, I mean, if you're aside, talking about if you're talking about injecting lots. bleach or getting cancer from right, windmills yeah. or right. you know magnets not working underwater, you know, or taking a sharpie and drawing how the storm probably actually went over what Noah's telling you. I mean, those are like, yeah, those are those are judgment calls that he's made. He's speaking his mind. It's what's in his mind that that I think is the concern. I mean, that that type of thing, it doesn't really concern you that much. Um, I guess, you know, I'm more concerned about, like I said, government government overreach. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the 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 left seems to be more more um, more establishment, you know, more. Mm -hmm more in favor of more regulation and more higher taxes to support more government agencies controlling more and more aspects of Mm -hmm. private and and personal lives uh, and Mm -hmm. business um and and i think uh from a freedom standpoint we have more to lose from that um um right yeah i i don't really and i don't i don't yeah I don't think Biden is making a lot of decisions. You know, I think, I think. But yeah, that may be that true. It? It part, to me, it's not about Biden. It's about his administration. It's about the people behind right. him. I mean, you have to have yeah. thousands of people behind you. And Trump has nobody. I mean, basically, if you turn your back on Trump, he's fired you. And he's, you're his worst enemy. So all the good people sure. he brought in that wanted to help are now out. So who is he going to, so who is he going to have behind him when he comes in? Only people that, right. you know, walk his walk so the authoritative well, government really scares me that's that scares me so i can't vote for that's where that's where fashion fascism is going to come from it's not going to come from the the farmers and the and the truck drivers right it's going to come from a large government hmm. Hmm. 
And, uh, you know, my, my favorite thing about Trump is that the establishment doesn't like him, you know, the, Mm. That's why a lot of people like him. Well, hedge fund managers love the guy. So, right. If that's your market, yeah, right. Apparently, the stock market doesn't love him because the stock market Uh, keeps hitting at record highs under our Democratic president. And I think years ago, Lawn Landscape did a loose survey and said that about seventy percent of landscape owners are uh, are are favorable to to him, at least in the twenty sixteen election. So, um, yeah, less regulation. I mean, everybody everybody likes to fill wetlands. I mean, but you know, should we be filling wetlands? Yeah. If my sport car can go there, you know, that's, that's good. (laughs) I'm I'm good with it. Well, that, that I think is the fundamental issue is as long as I'm comfortable, it's all good, you know? Uh, And then, you know, uh, everything can go to hell in a handbasket. But if there's any discomfort for me, I'm out. I'm not making that decision. You know, this is one of the benefits of being an older guy is I don't have to be here to watch this shit hit the fan. But it's unfortunate because I have kids and it, it it's unfortunate. And um, I want folks to take the reins and make the necessary changes and make make the sacrifices that are necessary. But, you know, um, I have made limited ones myself, and I've, I'm glad to be in an industry that that leans in on uh, mitigating climate change to the very small extent that it can. And one of my late career realizations after reading Doug Tallamy and others is that I could have done better with that. I could have been, I could have leaned in on native plantings. I could have studied bird habitat for where I live. You know, I could have um, uh, done, done more for the environment than I did. And uh, for that, I'm, I'm, I'm deeply regretful. And, and well, Alan, I think you're doing uh, you're doing a great service just in the fact that you're doing this podcast and speaking to those things now. You know, uh, Bill. You know the thing I always say about you. You know, I am Ripple. You know, you have Bill. You planted a seed in me that I'm implemented and planted a seed into my company. You know, we don't we don't have Roundup on our trucks. We don't use synthetic fertilizer. Um, you know, um, as you know, right or conservative as some might you know think of me. Um, you know, we have 350 maintenance accounts here in the West Siberian area surrounded by water on three sides of Puget Sound. Um, and and I it it really means a lot to me that we are able to serve offer landscape services to our neighbors without, you know, spreading poison and um and you know you doing things in an environmentally friendly way and 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 um being a proponent of native drought tolerant plants and and uh yeah doing doing using our landscape company to benefit the environment and the people and uh and the little bugs and bees and birds and and the native wildlife that that i certainly uh am a big a big big fan of you know if if everybody was like you will we wouldn't have to have such a big government Right, exactly. Well, you know, I think we're all that libertarian thing. Everyone coming has through. their own. Everyone has their own things, right? Their own, their own ways that they try to help out. I would, I would like to think. Yeah. If, if Will had his way, we wouldn't have that pesky democracy. You know, that's right. <laughs> I, you know, I, I appreciate know. what you're saying, Will, and thank goodness that you have that orientation because uh, you do it well. And I know you're educating all kinds of homeowners all over the Puget Sound with natural process horticulture a total total respect for you um uh, uh we uh can have a dialogue and talk about these things and be diametrically opposed on some issues and absolutely in alignment on others 
And I think that's kind of uh, the state of the country right now. At least I, I hope so. It's a critical time uh, uh, for this kind of decision making. I would just hope that we would be making these decisions with some intelligence and forethought and a little bit of comprehensive thinking and try to see a little bit about both sides uh, yeah. uh, as, mu as much as we can. And at the same time, not go completely off the rails and recognize when stuff is being said and done that is absolutely inappropriate and unacceptable. And so um, I, I don't know. I don't know if there's ever going to be a middle ground um, there, but I appreciate you taking the time today. Uh, to talk to us about it and going out on a limb uh, in what is largely a blue industry uh, in many cases for the rank and file and a red industry at the top of the heap uh, to to make your uh, to make your voice heard. So I appreciate that, Will. Yeah, thank you, Alan. Great time today. I think I Alan, uh, we are a republic and not a democracy. Yeah, I think I think th I, th I think Alan, to your point, I think uh, the uh, cooperation and communication and cooperation is needed. And what happens is when you make people angry they shut down. So, uh, you know, angry people don't communicate well. And I think that's what the one side is trying to do is make a lot of people angry about a lot of issues. Uh, so that they don't, they don't want to cooperate. So just the one side, the one side's trying to do that. Is that what you're saying? Oh, everybody. <laughs> Good conversation today though. Yeah. Appreciate Good on you. Thanks for joining. All right. Pleasure, Next time.